<laughs> All right. Well, I realized I needed to read this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, welcome back to episode 18 of Infinity Content, a Comics Place podcast. Uh, today, we are finally coming back together for the new year, 2020. But not the new us. Not the new us. Yeah, same old us. New year, same us. Still reading comics. You know, we brought this podcast together because even though half of the world might have disappeared in a snap, there's a lot of comics to read. And if we don't get to them, Thanos should have just won. So here we are again to do another read. And I'm just going to put that out there now. If we haven't stated it before, this is a mature content warning. There's going to be a lot of explicit wow. language. That was so breathy the way you said mature. Mature. I feel like we, they should like dial in on like a 900 number. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, got the mature content warning. I'm just trying to be very proactive in the new year. It's good, you know, trigger warning. I, lo- I love it. Not flying all around by the seat of our <laughs> pants here when I get this thing going. So today we are going to talk about the voted read that the community here for the Comics Place and on the internet had picked out out of the three books uh, we had, Drowned Earth, uh, yeah. East of West, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Manhattan Projects. Manhattan Projects was the winner. So today we're going to be talking about Manhattan Projects by Jonathan Hickman with art by Nick Pitara, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Russ Wooten. And officially, uh, so that it's sealed and permanent, this episode is going to be called A Heaping Helping of Hickman. <laughs> it's immortalized Sweet. now. I can't I like back it. out of it. We can't back out of it. I've brought uh, you I feel all like he this. did really keep it on in this uh, story, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we begin... We should check in on everybody because it's a new year. How how are you doing, Roman? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Did you get yeah. any? You have any New Year's resolutions? You know, I no, I don't make resolutions because it just seems like a he good way to set yourself. them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just seems like a good way to set yourself up for for, for feeling for like you failed at something. So I, I'll do goals. I like that. Stretch goals, even. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. How about what about you, Colton? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, just watching our democracy crumble or underneath our feet. But other than that, <laughs> everything's pretty great. Everything's fine. It's like that dog meme. Like yeah, it's on everything's fire. on fire. This, this, is, yeah. Fine. Yeah. this is fine. Yeah, we've all got the goal to survive to 2021. <laughs> I, I, I like a, a, a community-wide goal. <laughs> well, for me, I'm doing good because for are the listeners. Are you doing good or are you doing well? I'm doing or both. good well. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you kindly. Uh, for listeners because they'll get to hear me sit and talk with some of my favorite people. And that's really what I've been looking forward to in 2020. Aww. So let's talk about Manhattan Projects. Uh, I'm going, book, to, going to sweet right into this. We're going to go, go in and sweet. Might get a little sour. Volume 1. Volume 1. I So it started in 2012, this series. Did it? I think that sounds right. Yeah, I was looking it up. Um, I mean, this is the first time I've ever read something from Hickman that wasn't Marvel-related. And yeah, uh, I'm assuming he has. Uh, if he's writing Marvel books, that he must have a lot of breadth of uh, or skill at writing from uh, different genre standpoints. I gotta say, I felt a lot of. You read of all all of Hawks and Pox, right, Roman? Yes. Yeah, I I was feeling that theme in this. Yeah. A, a lot, or at least the beginnings of it. Like yeah, more. yeah. In the beginning, I fo- I ended up following it better than Hawks and Pox, mm-hmm. but I, I think maybe because I read like the first 
12 issues or something of this as they were coming out. Mm -hmm. So I had a little bit of a background, a tiny bit. So before we, you know, break down uh, what's going on in the story, can you tell us uh, about Manhattan Projects? Yeah. um, The summation, the pitch. The pitch. Is uh, this is an alternate history sci-fi story with, you know, the, the real Manhattan Project that was to develop the the nuclear bomb we dropped on uh, Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki. Turns out that was just kind of the the cover project to get the funding and get the ball rolling. They actually had all sorts of secret projects, much more despicable and weird and dangerous than the bomb. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's got the, you know, Nazis that we we got. We got to use the scientific project paperclip that actually was real and they talked about that this was partially a history lesson for me reading this book because I was thinking about it for days after reading this like racking my brain for every history class that I took (laughs) and I'm just like I don't think I actually know what Albert Einstein did besides make a bomb and make EMC equals MC square I mean he did bang his cousin after uh, divorcing his wife I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. All uh, of my history. He, you know, weird random facts. Uh, so he and his wife had an agreement that she would stay with him and support him and basically let him be like a house husband until he won a Nobel Peace Prize and then he was free to go. And then he did get the Nobel Peace Prize for making, giving, you know, the equation to make a bomb. Uh, and then he went and banged his wife and or his cousin and you know who became his wife and they rode off happily ever after yeah interesting mm-hmm. man yeah all my history classes were you about wonder why his hair was blowing back so hard uh, <laughs> all my history was about the oregon trail and the civil war and, you know how america started but i don't really think i think we just skipped over the wars for the most part except you know world war ii you fought nazis but i didn't know what project manhattan was mm. like i wasn't the name just about it. making drinks i didn't <laughs> i didn't know anything about that until like the name came up a couple years ago i was like okay so that's what that is that's but even dr. then that's why dr manhattan's named dr manhattan because of the you know i just nod in my head energy and a, a giant human weapon no I, yeah. history wasn't my strong suit my eyes would just glaze over and i'm like uh-huh uh-huh all right okay uh, but yeah, if you say Dr. Manhattan, big blue wiener, sure. Like, yeah, you got me engaged. Like, sure. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll take that to, you know, the Washington uh, Board of Education and we'll tell them that this is how you get the kids hooked on. Uh, let's let's get into this Manhattan projects. Uh, so, Roman, do you do you want to be the one to take us through this exploration? Sure. Well, sure. I can be the one. I can flip my pages weird. I made a startling sound. I mean, um, we can even just, like, however you want to break this down, issue by issue, you know, a, a larger summary than the pitch, like, however you want to do it. Because uh, this was definitely... Because I'm not even sure how these... Yeah, this definitely didn't feel are, like a standard issue by down. issue. Yeah, because I'm not... Because there's some things that it goes from, like, one, and it's four pages, and then it's two, and it's like, wait, what's, I, are these chapters? Yeah, I'm trying issues? to understand how... Yeah, there's all these weird cover pages kind of where it's it looks like the front of the, the volume of the manhattan project's logo and it has like a number oh one infinite oppenheimers uh and then oppenheimer oppenheimer so was he a real person yeah he was oh, he yeah. was the lead uh, researcher on the manhattan project and when they tested the bomb his famous quote is 
uh, I have become Death, Destroyer of Worlds. Which, if you watch Ex Machina, Uh uh, that is a line they quote in that as well when they're talking about the creation of artificial intelligence. So I think it's from the Kali Yuga or something like that. Yeah, I know it's from a ancient Indian Hindu or Buddhist text. It's from an ancient text. Yeah. So something else like like yeah we were like these cover pages like one of them's like volume it says volume four and it's the record of Feynman and it has some quote uh in it so i was going to ask you roman i don't know if you read any of the other manhattan projects i uh, haven't read beyond this volume okay i was gonna i didn't i'll have to ask jeff and justin too if those were supposed to be stuff that happens later like that's Hickman's future planning for things because there's definitely a quote in here. It's like, oh, this rocket went to space and never came back. Like, we pushed beyond the stars. I'm like, okay. Hmm. Does that yeah. happen? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And, yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I haven't read his other, like, non-Marvel stuff yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does do that, uh, that interesting uh, graphic des- design pages and things that are different from – especially at the time from what other people were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, what is going on in this? What is happening? Should, should we, should we mention, uh, I guess we can mention the cast as we get to them. Cause it's full of, uh, alternate world, um, <sighs> counterparts to our real world scientists and, yes. people and military guys. Uh, well we can talk about that real fast. Cause I, I kind of overheard you and Ro- Colton talk that about a little bit, but the cast is on the back of the book. Yeah, the very last, almost the last page. Which would have been very helpful because remembering these characters and kind of just knowing their first names would have been very helpful from the beginning because I was very confused in some flashback moments uh, for some of them. Yeah, and especially because, like, Oppenheimer and there's somebody else that look very similar. Uh, yeah, and then there's also and there's also characters that just didn't have a cast thing. There was, like, a guy with a mustachio that dies at one point and i'm like who was that like, what was his deal eh. yeah. i'm gonna be honest like before we get into this this is this was a little bit rougher for me <laughs> this is not my cup of tea of a read it was fun it's it is crazy it's weird i mean this is like grant morrison kind of weird territory pull up, pull up my notes um as we're going through this but yeah we the real guys we have is einstein's in here uh oppenheimer richard feynman um, the physicist Enrico Fermi, Fermi, the physicist Werner von Braun, the ex, the former Nazi, uh, Leslie Groves. I, I'm not sure if. Oh, there's another general in here who's a real guy who I've heard of before. I don't know if Leslie Groves is or not. And Harry S. Truman, FDR for a while, um, <laughs> and Albrecht Einstein, which is. We'll explain that when we get there. I I felt <laughs> like they didn't even explain that in well. We don't even know his name in this kind of thing. Like that name kind of just showed up at the very end. Like yeah, it's I funny actually. That Einstein, his first name isn't mentioned. It's just on the cast list. In yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> you just know he's another Einstein. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> oh man, this is such a this is a fun, crazy book. Um, so it starts out in the womb with the Oppenheimers, um, the Oppenheimer twins. Joseph and Robert. Robert's the famous one. I don't know if Joseph was a real person, a real thing or not. Spoilers for anybody that did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> if Robert was real. And then we go to the uh, the secret base, Base Zero, within the War Department in 1940, I think it is. 
and the groundwork for the Manhattan projects is being laid with uh, General Leslie Groves as the guy, the military guy, kind of in charge of that. Um, did I miss a page? No. It just goes in. Yeah, it kind of jumps back and forth, yeah. which was where I got a lot of the X Men vibes because it's you jump forward, backward, left, right, like. Yeah, there's no linear structure for his story almost kind of thing. Yeah, there was a lot there was there was quite a lot of kind of looking back going, wait, okay, where are we right now? Okay, I get it. Um and Groves is showing um the adult Oppenheimer giving him the tour because they want Oppenheimer to work for him and help them come up with the <clears throat> this secret weapon, which is gonna be the bomb. Um and Oppenheimer looks through a doorway, he, a window, and he sees Einstein in there staring at this monolith. Um, I liked that moment. That was kind of yeah, kinda interesting. I was going teaser. I, yeah, when I got to Einstein, so I was like, okay, so not only is it referencing a real thing, but real people are in it. Because I obviously didn't know Oppenheimer or any of those people were real. So I just saw Einstein. I'm like, oh, Einstein's in this. Oh, that's, that's somebody I recognize. And then I'm like, oh, he's, and I like the idea of him just like staring, you know, intently at a monolith the whole time. It was. That was was kind of my favorite part, just in general, just that panel. Yeah, the general says that, uh, don't worry about him. He only gets out when I'm good and damned ready. So apparently Einstein's kind of a captive in here. Yeah, grounded. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is interesting because, you know, he came to this country to escape escape what he saw coming with the Nazis. Um, Well, he's also Jewish, I think, too. So he's actually escaping directly. The Holocaust would affect him. And we were very happy to accept him. Yeah. Open arms. Um, and then we find out things are a little bit different. Yeah, it's the first hint things are a little bit different than what we know is history because uh, there's a red alert and the general says it's the it's the Japanese attacking, but, you know, this is in the United States. Like, you don't even pause in this. Like, yeah. And then you it, turn just, a, it just happens. And then you turn a page and get, like, flashbacks about the history of the Oppenheimer twins. Um the good, the good positive with Robert growing up, his scientific skills and everything coming, coming to f- the fore. It was very interesting that they contrasted that also with like good and evil, with like red and blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Oppenheimer, the Robert ones are all colored with blue shades, and the bottom of the page across it is in all in red, and that's his brother, who uh, is also brilliant, but is is a bit of a sociopath. <laughs> killing animals and dissecting them and then moving up to people apparently and then getting locked up in the insane asylum yeah uh yeah what an interesting character <laughs> that oppenheimer characters yeah. characters <laughs> yeah i definitely had some notes on his character yeah yeah plural and yeah and then it takes us back to the the present which is the 1940 um and the japanese attack but it's not a <laughs> missile it's a i've meant to look this up a red tori which yes. is one of those big wooden Japanese kind of squared off arches with, which is like attached to like a big piece of like concrete. I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what, what that, that is. Was. A marshmallow, but it's got yeah, the I Japanese it was a marshmallow, like a red symbol like, on it. Thing on the inside. And then I was like, oh, it's the painted Japanese yeah. like, symbol. And that penetrates their base, and a bunch of uh, robotic samurai come rushing out. Yeah, yeah. There's a portal <laughs> through the archway, and a bunch of yeah death robots come. And they're trying to kill the scientists. Yeah, yeah, destroy their the knowledge the Americans are trying to formulate and build with. And all they need to know is if they were patient enough, we would do it ourselves in, you know, 70 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got yeah. some very interesting Oppenheimer, you know, 
characterization here because it's just like right. machine gun firing. You got what's his name Groves just screaming and yelling, and he's casually just shooting, going, "Hmm." Yeah, and Oppenheimer's just observing. I mean, he's using the gun, but he's just a more just observing, going, "Hmm," and he's he's figuring out things. Oh, this is how you guys do it. I see. Yeah, yeah. and it turns out once all the robots are, are destroyed, Oppenheimer is he's very disgusted at the idea of uh, AI because one of them, like the robots, kind of tries to touch his foot and he freaks out and starts stomping the thing and screaming at it, "Don't touch!" Um, no droids. Yeah, no yeah. droids. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. And then we go back into another flashback with. Uh, with Robert and his brother Joseph um, to when Robert got the news that the government wanted him to become the head of the Manhattan, the new Manhattan projects. That's all you ever wanted. And then big, big spoiler. Should I spoil it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was going to spoil it because okay. it was definitely going to be something that comes up at the end. And it's definitely, yeah. I think for me, the most standout part of this book because it just became a whole other thing yeah. at the end. Yeah, it totally takes a left turn. Drop that spoiler bomb. Yeah, because Joseph, his brother, all in, who's in red, um, shows up, and he... Uh, Earlier, everybody thought Joseph had died because he escaped and disappeared from the insane asylum. Um, Joseph shows up on Robert's doorstep and is freaking out and he doesn't want his brother to leave him again so he stabs robert oppenheimer in the chest and kills him um and while he's doing it says now now i will become both halves of the world the whole um and then he eats his brother because that's apparently a thing he used to do with the the animals he would eat them completely burnt like bones and everything to to gain their abilities which is an old primitive like belief so that's where I was like when I read it and he talked about that and he also talked about it in the flashback of killing animals. At first I was like, okay, so it's like figuratively gaining the knowledge. Like like you said, like this old thought process. But later I was like, oh no, it's literally, I guess. Yeah, which I was like, okay, so <laughs> or that's happening now. Yeah, just accept it and move on. Yeah, yeah. And then his brother takes on the uh... Um, Robert's identity and goes to the government and does the interview and, and he nails it. And he shows <laughs> at the final page of that issue, question mark, that he's shaking hands with Groves, but there's multiple versions of him in the background. Yeah. So I was very confused by that because I was, you know, expecting at least one I would have figured if he ate his brother, so, so to speak, but there's already multiple. So I was very confused if he already had like a somewhat fractured personality mm-hmm. before that. Yeah. It looks like they all have like different aspects of self represented. And then I was trying to find yeah. which one was supposedly supposed to be his brother because we find out later that, you know, uh, I, he, the, whatever he eats sometimes apparently just manifests inside of him too. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a not only like multiple personality, but also maybe multiple dimensionality. Yeah, maybe. could be. I hope you like. What's I hope you like new experiences. Oh, is that the next? Yeah, the next mm-hmm. page. Like the big title page thing. It's also interesting between each of these chapters or whatever. There's um, <clears throat> quotes from some other fictional volumes by uh, 
Feynman. By Feynman, I think. And that's and they're just I, quotes that I think are those are also all fictional. Because I couldn't find anything online that yeah. said that this was a re, that was a real book or anything. My only assumption was either that it was, or my two assumptions was either it was just solely for this, and then there were f- quotes for later in the, or it was that they were quotes from volume two, three, or actual four of the oh. actual story, like Hickman's plan. Yeah. was to use those quotes later because of some event that's going on. Yeah. Because there's a couple in there that talk about like their space travel or like things that they witness and I'm like is that going to be something that happens in the next the next run? Could be. Could be. I also like just the graphic I hope you like new experiences this double page cuz it's got the SS hope you survive the symbols the there. <laughs> um and then the next issue or chapter Starts off in 1940 with Werner Von Braun getting recruited. Yes. Yep. Into the Manhattan Projects from the. And that's how I think Operation Paperclip started was with Von Braun. And this man was real. He created the uh, ballistic missiles for Mm -hmm. the Nazis. And we scooped him up after World War II. And he helped uh, with the Apollo missions to get us to the moon. Yeah. So yeah, um, we use the we use the knowledge that we use for ballistic missiles to, you know, get America's crowning achievements against the Soviets. Nice. I'm getting not only experience a comic, but I'm also <laughs> getting somewhat of a history lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I love that next quote from Feynman. You know, whether it was real or not, but never forget we owe the future to the fascist. So, <laughs> what comes up ahead? The Manhattan Project was based around World War II stuff, and then after it was done, right? Yeah, yeah, it was mm-hmm. to end the war so when i read this i was under the impression and this was to gonna flex go. really hard to the soviets yeah. that we had a weapon that could counter them because we knew after world war ii that the soviets were going to be the next great threat so we needed to uh basically dissuade them from gobbling up all the nations around them yeah yeah really I, amped up the arms race yeah i was very much expecting this this volume at least to go throughout the throughout the war and I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but like we brushed past that pretty quick. It's like Nazis are gone. We've got Warner now. Oh, well, I mean, okay. we saw, but what's accurate here is that the Nazis were dealt with, but the war in the Pacific was still, still raging. Going. Yeah, that's true. Which I would have I would have known that if I actually had good history lessons. <laughs> <laughs> well, you obviously didn't have my father as your teacher then. No, I never, just kidding. Uh, uh, I'm sure he's a fine teacher. I've never had him. <laughs> big hands. Yeah, they can really uh, emphasize. I just want to fall asleep in them like Thumbelina. <laughs> um, the next chapter issue starts off with uh, Richard Feynman. Um, and just some interesting stuff, how he's repeating affirmations in the mirror in the morning, which you get the idea he does this every morning because he gets annoyed when his, oh, it's just a woman he brought home the night before, um, when she interrupts him. And he tells her, please don't interrupt him. And he goes back to repeating the exact same affirmations in the mirror. Beautiful and I don't know genius. anything about Feynman personally, other mm-hmm. than he was a genius physicist. I don't know if... I don't know anything either about him, know, really. If he did that kind of stuff. But it's just an interesting character development here. Which, of course, you know, these guys are alternate alternate history versions of mm-hmm. the real people. So um, Then he gets a helicopter ride to the uh, to the War Department. So for to start his involvement with the, um, well, I guess he's already involved with the Manhattan Project, or maybe this is when he first starts. 
I took it as he was already involved and he was coming yeah. to like check whatever new development was going on. Yeah, it sounds like it because he's uh, sent to go uh, get Einstein to bring him to some to some meeting. Um, oh wait, wait, oh, I, to uh, check out the 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 Japanese Richard, weapon. Richard Feynman, uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, he was really big in quantum electrodynamics uh, and uh, superfluidity. So I don't know too much about that other than it's about, you know, things being able to communicate across space and time rapidly and the cool ways that fluids work in extreme conditions. Yeah. And that's extreme like physics. I feel like that's both both very far ends of the spectrum. Like we've got cool liquids over here and we've got space wormholes. But you know, it's all it's all movement, it's all energy. It just you know so. takes different forms with different states of matter. Yeah, and fluidity would seem to connect to wavelengths and traveling. Mm-hmm. Do you think he was really into the Capri Sun commercials, if you ever saw them? Because that's like, you know, going through a wormhole <laughs> and also fluid liquid turning from a regular person into a crystal <laughs> I'm, I'm sure bean. I'm sure he would uh it would Tickles fancy. <laughs> Tickles pickle. I really liked this. When Feynman and, and uh, Einstein go and they look at the, it's still here, the Japanese Tori with the portal in it. And the art, how they've got um, these these death Buddhists, they're called, chained here because they're powering the portal to keep Dude, it open. Magic. Um, but they're also dying because it's, it's, it's powering. That means Sucking it, the life yeah, out it's of them. using them up. Um, and I just, it's such a crazy idea. Uh, I really, I really dug that. And then uh, I didn't expect this Feynman and Einstein go into the portal and I, cause I was thinking they didn't know how this worked or they, it would still, but no, they figured it out. They go into the portal in the war department in DC and they end up coming out in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Um, where the, where I guess the main portion of the Manhattan projects is. And there we meet some of our other cast, uh, Flip to the back. I know. Let me, <laughs> let me reference the back of the book here. Harry I mean, Harry Douglian, who I think is another real person, another physicist. Atom- yeah, that atomic skull. Yeah, that's, that's all I could think when I saw him. Yeah, that's the guy that I think it's in a, the next volume because I remember I thought I remembered seeing this happen. He accidentally like touched some nuclear material in an mm. experiment and it dissolved his. His burned his skin off and everything and the musculature, so he's like a glowing red skull in a in a uh, radiation suit. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Nonfiction. <laughs> I think that part <laughs> might be a little uh, fictionalized. Yeah. Oh, and Enrico Fermi is there, who's the actual Italian physicist. Except this story, he's apparently an alien. I was like, is that supposed to be like a Klingon? Like his they don't say what kind of alien or where he's from, but he's apparently in this reality, he, he was an alien. Do you know about the Fermi paradox? No. Oh, uh, He has this whole, I don't know anything about his actual physics work, but they're probably making a reference to the whole alien thing, is that he proposes that how statistically unlikely it is that there would be other aliens out there uh, or intelligent life because of like these ideas of these filters. Uh, that uh, if life was like a common thing, we would see it all around us, which either means that like there must be some sort of like events that make it so life doesn't present itself. Uh, I don't know. There's like a whole like sub, like, I don't know. There's like three or four different of them. But yeah, he's one of his huge things. His contribution to philosophy 
was like trying to like mathematically postulate about lack of intelligent life out there. So I think that's probably a reference to why they made an alien in this. Mm. I feel like this book wants to tickle your fancy. It's got all these references you know. There's a few. Uh, yeah. I don't remember to keep, take wow. us, keep us going on this uh, crazy Sorry. ride. Sorry, I feel yeah, like I wish I, I remembered more about the uh, Fermi paradox. That's it's cool, really interesting. I, I feel like it kind of it's all cheeky it's to him. A, yeah, and it's a, <laughs> well, it's a little bit ties in too to later on when they when they figure out that when they explain that well, there's however many like all this life know, out there, yeah, like class M planets or whatever, but significant. The, the, there's only eight like races that are significant and mm-hmm. significant meaning that they could pose a threat to us mm-hmm. <laughs> to earth <laughs> yeah i love that it's like it only means something if you know it comes to either being a threat or not a threat yeah um oh so this meeting they see a a recording on film from uh president roosevelt about the he was a real person trevor <laughs> <laughs> about basically the war being over um how operation paperclip that's, that's the first time it's named in here um is getting us uh the the brilliant Nazis from from Germany, um, which it looks like the general isn't too happy about that. Actually, uh, the Nazi thing, the Nazis offends him, um, and just continue into really launch into the Manhattan projects. And then we see the reaction from each of the the scientists and how they feel about things. And the interesting thing is when they show Oppenheimer his panel four of his altars are all like one of them's trying to kill one of the other ones and they're all whispering in his ear and two of them whispering in his ear um and he's just like hmm he's, he's a thinker um and he concedes it's an opportunity if to use the nazis if their knowledge is actually useful and then mm-hmm. it, it's okay that way so he kind of convinces the general that yeah we should do this Um, and then the uh, there's some more. They throw Feynman. They're like, you gotta jump out of a plane, Feynman. Hey, quantum physics here. How about you jump out this plane? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check, I wasn't sure why that scene movements was when you really there, unless it was. I guess it maybe was just to show that Feynman's a wimp. Yeah, and also a little. Uh, I couldn't tell if it was delusional or what, but because he's in his panic, parachuting out of the plane, he uh, lands and he's convinced it's the Nazis, but it's. You know, but it's it's the Americans, and he doesn't realize that until he's told we're we're, we're the Americans. We're waiting for you. Oh God! <laughs> and then they attack this German castle. Oh, um, science. Oh yeah, and this is where they get uh, Werner Braun, von Braun. He's in the castle, and everybody takes poison except for him. All the the Nazis in there take poison except for von Braun, and because he's he's a clever guy, he realizes he can make a deal here, and Feynman makes the deal with him. And I bet, yeah. I had a lot of flashbacks to that scene from Wonder Woman. You remember that one, Colton, where Doctor Poison and that one guy? Yes, I know exactly. They're going to become like cartoon villains for like one scene. <laughs> they like giggle and then run away. Yeah. Oh, oh right. They, oh, they, you know the mask won't work. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> they prance off. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw this scene. You know, you gotta love what you're doing, though, right? <laughs> Yeah, that was, I was just glad to see Doctor Poison in a Wonder Woman because that's a character I never thought we'd see in a on the big screen. Uh, hey, they, anything's possible at this point. I mean, they've given us. Well, I mean, DC's got got some room to give, but you know, Marvel's yeah. given us lots of stuff lately. I mean, you got Guardians of the Galaxy. Who would have ever thought that Rocket Raccoon would 
be on the scene. I mean, they're doing Eternals now. Like, that one just hmm. threw me off. I'm like, I don't think I've seen the Eternals in a single thing since I started reading comics. Like, they're really pulling pulling deep for this one. And they're lifting weights, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kumail and Johnny work out. The big thing. <laughs> and then, oh, so I think... So then this next scene we see is uh, Feynman goes into Einstein's quarters, his room. We don't know what this is exactly. I mean, it's full of, like, statues of Poseidon and artifacts. His luxury cell. Yeah, I just realized one of the things is the Ark of the Covenant. I just saw. (laughs) I figured Um, this was just, like, a storage room or something. Yeah, maybe it's just a storage room that Einstein hangs out in here looking at this monolith, um, staring at it. He's just always staring at it. And Feynman wants to ask him a question. We can't decide, you know we're going to build which kind of bomb we're going to build a complex implosion type nuclear weapon or a fission bomb well, and einstein ch- just ch- seems ch- to kind of be like bomb. you know just <laughs> just build both um which that changes history because what if he had told them you know not to do the nuclear bomb yeah uh and then we see a flashback to i wasn't even sure who this was at first yeah i didn't know until uh, after after I saw the final page at the end, then I had to yeah. like go back to each flashback and try to find a hint of a first name. I'm like, okay, yeah, this was Richard, this was Groves. Yeah, this, this flashback this is, is Groves, the general, um, back with I think was father, and, yeah. ba- and basically his father just telling him that that uh, always strive to be righteous and and fear the righteous, but you know who God fears, the righteous. <laughs> So Groves has a real thing about being righteous. Yeah, kind of a catch twenty two. Yeah, righteous. <laughs> and I don't think that type. I think I think more flaming sword. Oh yeah, or glowing green sword, atomic sword. Yeah, uh, that'd be a cool character. Atomic sword. I like that. And then we get a scene with Fermi and. Uh, Gotta have my radioactive puffs. Yeah, Fermi and the radioactive guy. His name I already forgot. Hing, himble, hingle, finger. Hingle oh, Harry uh, Dag, Daglion. Daglion. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, <laughs> and that's where we find out, you know, what had happened to him. He tell he's telling the story, and he's truly like radioactive. He's Fermi mentions he has a half life of over twenty four thousand twenty four thousand years, um, and apparently nice. he has to eat a little bit of like radioactive isotopes because that's the only thing that nurtures him, mm-hmm. nourishes him. Nummy, nummy, and, and then we see the tummy, spicy, <laughs> yeah, spicy. And then we see the FDR has died. No, no. Um, and then another crazy thing: we go to the George, the George Washington Masonic Memorial, and uh, which isn't a real thing um, that I know of. And and there's some big ritual um, going on in here, being led by by. Harry S. Truman, <laughs> the government comes in to tell, interrupts the ritual, and there's like sheep being sacrificed and stuff. This Masonic ritual, and the, the guy, the government rushes in, and says, "We gotta get you out of here, Truman. You gotta be sworn in as president." He has like, <laughs> got a coy smile on his face too, and they tell him that. Uh, yeah, which I'm. Died. Yeah, which I'm sure is some kind of because there's all sorts of. I was taking it as that's what he's like. Oh, my sacrifice worked. Yeah, the ritual yeah. worked. Yeah, and throughout history, there's been all sorts of. Uh, conspiracy theories and things that the masons are supposed to be high and there's one one of the theories is that they were involved with the whole jack the ripper thing i went doing all I, that i got to go into secret rooms at a freemason building it was really cool really? it was yeah i went to a 
It's it's not that secret if they were just like leading. I know they were, to, they were asking to join the Masons, but I mean, you were on a tour. at the time they must have been really secret because yeah, it was there was a quinceanera going on in this Mason building. Again, I I don't know how secret the building is. Well, <laughs> listen, when you're 18 and you like sneak off through the kitchen and down a hall and you think you're like alone, and then all of a sudden some dude shows up behind you. He's like, "Would you like a tour?" And then proceeds to give four people a tour of the Mesa building while giving us history and then showing us like doorways behind bookshelves with more doorways I felt pretty secretive and pretty kind of cool they had a big open room this was in Hoquim dude I, I they had a big really? room where there was like a big hourglass in the middle of the room like gigantic and then there's like a piano on like the other end and just a globe like next to the piano and I'm like, yeah, like, it just this sounds like a bunch of nerds. Like, it just sounds like a bunch. I was like, this is like, a secret room here. Yeah, there were two of them. It was really weird, but cool at the same time. But yeah, the other one with the big hourglass. I thought world domination. When I saw, I was like, this must yeah. be where they have their world domination plans as they watch the and sand and the hourglass <laughs> fall <laughs> in Oakland, Washington. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I think it's cool because I've never been in a Mason building. I've always wanted to. Oh, it's really cool. Well, if you ever come down to the Grey Arbor <laughs> with us, I'll take you. I'll take you to it. Okay, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna t- t- hold you to that. Uh, so they got FDR's body, and they're doing some kind of experiment on it. Um, uh, and we'll get back to that. I guess Franklin dead Roosevelt. Yeah, and then we had. I really like this scene where they've got um, Truman's at the end of the day. He's in the Oval Office. He's. Um, Oppenheimer comes in to talk to him to tell him about the Manhattan projects. Uh, tell him that he's got a phone. They've got he's got to take this phone call oh from the general. Gosh, and, and they start yeah, and they start asking him. And I just like the way they did this. How the general starts asking him, well, you know, we what would basically what would you think if we built this bomb that could you know wipe out wipe out uh, in a popular area radiation burns and sickness we estimate 100,000 casualties and Truman's like never heard of this he's like what what um how long do I have before any and the general's like well yeah, like a couple minutes you, yeah you've got to give us a decision could we use this if if it existed and, he's, and Truman's thinking okay if how long do I have before making my decision and the general's like how's a few minutes sound Mr. President and then he just like kind of does it he just does it yeah like, and he ignores Truman saying yeah, no, like, no no don't, don't do it do... abort what's and that like... when you say go for it abort oh totally do it okay <laughs> okay which in real life he did give the thumbs give up the to thumbs do... up yeah this yeah. is definitely a twist I also took that as kind of a moment where it was the members of the Manhattan Project basically saying like oh cool you're in the president's chair but you know we're the real no, bosses. Yeah, we're the real bosses, and not my president. And then they yeah. have, then they do their FDR like, uh, like signs, and then like <laughs> rip off their shirts to FDR logos, and then they walk out and you know drop the mic and drop a bomb, basically. Yeah, and I forget what the real history was. Was it FDR? Was he? Had he passed away by then? Was it Truman that? I think it was Truman because all I remember is that he died in his like. A week or two after his third term election, which is the reason why, Trevor, that we only have two presidents only serve two terms because FDR got voted for three. And that's but not because cool. uh, they had such a 
they saw at that point in the third term he had such power with the Supreme Court because he basically put everybody in there that they were like, oh, we need to put limits on the executive branch because if the executive branch is putting in all the Supreme Court justices, then that's essentially two branches of government that are for one person. Yeah. There you go. Which is how one of the ways helped Hitler rise to power is he took over all the branches. That's the theme here. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, so the bombs dropped. Oh, yeah. So they dropped the bomb. Yeah, it's like a sweet little cauliflower cloud there. Yeah, the last page of... Which I wish, you know, we could say that that was uh, alternative history, but unfortunately yeah. uh, all those people died even though the Japanese were a week away from surrender and were ready to surrender, but we had to show off to Russia. Big dick energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. Oh, this, oh, this <laughs> next ish, like the next story arc, whatever this was, like a hard left turn from yes. what I was expecting. Yeah, because all of a sudden, after Hiroshima, the urging of General Groves and Director Oppenheimer... The FDR artificial intelligence established a shadow government of the United States. Like, whoa! So that's the experiment they're doing. FDR's body—they created an AI yeah, just like based that, on uh, him, just like that Hydra thing they did in Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. They're like, yeah. we need more. <laughs> just, we need more computers. But that movie came after this, so I wonder they got the idea of him, Hickman. Hickman, you pioneer, you. <laughs> just giving the ideas, planting the seeds. Uh, yeah, well, this whole next scenario of this story, though, was just, I didn't know what to think of this. <laughs> um, yeah, because the next scenario, and this, I didn't say that, I don't remember what year, but out in the New Mexico and the, and the plateaus, um, making first contact with, with some aliens, some really wild looking aliens. Yeah. Um, blue, blue guys again. Blue. Um, and that's pretty interesting because these aliens, uh, they they speak some of what, you know, they're telling us one thing, but then they, they're they just talking in their alien speak that none of us understand and seeing what actually horrible things they're going to do to us. And you would think the general and these guys would be, would be suspicious and think that kind of thing, but no, they seem to be, think everything's on the up and up here. Yeah. Silly aliens. Um, and one of the things, and then we go another flashback all in blue i think i haven't noticed are the flashbacks all blue no no they're not no because uh (laughs) groves wasn't i believe right he wasn't okay and i think uh richards feynman's his well i guess it's also blue but there was lots of tones of red in it too yeah it's very interesting how red stood out like they used like that color palette of just blue and then red to emphasize specific things yeah and here we see in this flashback how einstein um, actually, this monolith he's been staring at, he turns out he actually built it. He woke up one morning and had this idea and started sketching what became the monolith, and then he built it in this storage room. Um, though he doesn't seem to be quite sure maybe exactly what it is, but he made it. And, like, and then we come to the current times where Feynman is talking to the FDR AI. They're making plans. Um Einstein just walks in and says, I got something important I would need you to do. Sorry, Mr. President. And he unplugs the President AI. Mr. President, you need to unplug for a bit. I wish we could do the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Hard reboot. (laughs) Did you try turning it off and turning it back on? (laughs) 
I wish Trump had some artificial intelligence. Oh! <laughs> Any intelligence. As I say, he just needs some intelligence first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, then he might even be even more dangerous somehow. But um, anyway, <laughs> enough editorializing, I guess, on our parts. Uh, this I thought was really cool because I was wondering about this this thing, this monolith that he's been looking at. It's it's a it's a kind of portal. It's a bridge, and they called they called this the Rosen Bridge. This chapter, which there was a real thing, Einstein and I assume somebody named Rosen theorized called an Einstein Rosen Bridge. Which like you hear referenced in Star Trek, one of the mm-hmm. shows, but basically is a is a uh, portal through time and space. Yep. So he's basically just having Feynman try to figure it out for him. It's like, I forgot. Yeah, Help yeah. Um, and, and there's my something. Cube. And I wish I could, and he figures out using the Fibonacci series, which is a mathematical thing. I couldn't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. How I that don't works. know that one either. Yeah, yeah. I just recognized it. I do, but there's some creepy <laughs> close-ups here on Einstein's eyes. He's, he's. Uh, there's something menacing here about good old Albert. Yeah, he's. He definitely has been nothing but like menacing and intent on this monolith stuff. Yes, and then we have a flashback that reveals what that's about, and that's where um, Albert Einstein. He he at one point had. Wait, did he open the? He opened portal? it. Yeah, he opened it, and a doppelganger of himself came through. Um, and poor Albert, he was he was flabbergasted and just and totally fell for it. And his doppelganger, doppelganger clocked him in the head, and drugged dragged him through the uh, through the portal and left Albert. Whatever this this realm he's from, and the last thing he said was farewell. You are not going to like it here. So it must be pretty nasty. And then yeah. he came through and took Albert's place in not our reality, in this alternate history. And this is Albrecht Einstein, who's now posing as Albert Einstein. Which I like how he's like, most people can't tell they're between a very high intelligence and genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and it's so sad because you never know. Well, I mean, we don't know what happened to we'll never know. Albert. Mm-hmm. To our Einstein. Buy the next volume to find out. <laughs> oh, Albert. Yeah. So yeah, and he, and they open it. Him and Feynman open it, and and fake Einstein is is like, do not worry, I have some ideas, what we can do with this. Dun dun dun. Foreshadow. And then we go back to the scene with the aliens in the present, in their then present, and those negotiations. Um, and Oppenheimer pulls out a little snub nose and kills their lead alien, which sets them all off and a big old firefight, and and things happen. He needs to learn to stop Oppenheimer. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then uh, the general sees just how nuts Oppenheimer is because Oppenheimer starts eating the alien. Yeah, those good um, old nom 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 sound effects. It looks a lot yeah. like you know. Remember in like the early two thousands when a Burger King had that like gross green sauce for their nuggets. Oh yeah, like the slime Nickelodeon sauce. <laughs> I, it looks exactly like that. The blood. I think they oh, still yeah. purchase that at some places, like the the purple and green oh. colored. Uh, ketchup and mustard what were they what <laughs> chemicals were they putting into us <laughs> what did you not use that stuff oh all the time yeah. and i don't know why my parents would ever okay. buy it for me yeah did they not I mean, did they not think did they not know what cancer was <laughs> burger king still does like die in their food burgers sometimes uh, yeah emphasis in the dye in the food i just really want to try like 
the Japanese burger ham McDonald's where they do like squid ink in their buns and stuff to get the coloring and like yeah, charcoal like burn. Pure black buns. Yeah. yeah, I really want to do that. Like the all black burger they had at that one point was like black cheese, black bun, like everything, black onion. Just like, oh, looks so good. <laughs> I, I feel like if you passed it, you would probably think that something was wrong with <laughs> well, you. Well, that's what the problem was with the spooky burger they had a couple years ago. Or I guess it was more than a couple years ago. Like the spooky is a, cancer, like, the, is a colon cancer like scare. 2014. Yeah, because it was like the food diet made people's like poop screen and stuff, and people were free, freaking out. So they like, had to discontinue it for a while. But they brought it back because they had that nightmare burger where they advertise that it'll like not only mess you up physically, but mentally. It'll give you nightmares. <laughs> Has three different types of meats on it. It's really good. I actually got it. <laughs> do, they, do they have like Leatherface like designing these burgers or something? <laughs> Did it give you nightmares? No. No. So you were fine. No. It's totally you're, you're, yeah, you're I was too strong. I wasn't. I was going to pass up on an opportunity to fight a burger. <laughs> like the challenge accepted, Burger King. Looks like you just got yourself a customer. <laughs> um. Uh, chapter five or issue five starts off with another flashback to mm, Richard. Oh, Richard Feynman, yes, and his he was, dad. He was the easier of the other flashbacks besides Oppenheimer to identify because of his signature mole. Yeah, that he's got, and the face still seemed very similar. Yeah, and you just see a glimpse of how you know his dad was very strict and used to use corp- corporal punishment on him all the time, and you know little glimpse into his personality his his origins um and then we get into this the page whole... this two-page spread is this is where i saw it this is where i was like i'm having having hickman there, dawn yeah. of x there, flash, there's your hickman, right yeah, here. The graphics this is, the world map i don't know if he was doing this before but if this was his, this is if this is where it began oh boy <laughs> yeah. uh so colton for the x-men stuff they had their alternating issues which you've heard me go on a tangent about they were good but the thing that he loved putting in there hickman was data pages of graphs charts and explanations for a bunch of it felt like you were studying for a test that was coming up and even still in all the books that are coming out they all at least include a data page at like some point in it with all this background stuff and it's yeah, they're all trying to imitate it. Yeah. But, you know, at least, you know, Devil's Advocate here, at least they're trying to make it so that, you know, if you're reading something that's only coming out once every two weeks or something, that you can keep it all straight if you're trying to do a hyper-complex story. Well, they're not coming out every two weeks. They're coming out every week. Every single month. <laughs> yeah, the Hawksbox ones were, the, the ones that are in the Dawn of X, not the Hawksbox ones, those ones are a little bit more digestible because it that that is kind of like slowed down the hawks pox was like an overload where it was like paragraphs of reading i think marauders does it though where they have like a full page of yeah. some mission report all the time and i'm like i'm gonna skip this but i did like the the slack one of basically like what should i bring like they got like tampons on the island like what's our food situation can someone watch my dog i'm like okay this is actually important stuff and i need to know <laughs> yeah that one was good yeah it's I don't mind the Hickman ones because they're so well written. If it's pictures, and, and, yes. and, they, and they fit in with his overall vision. Mm-hmm. But then some of the ones, like I don't know if it's Marauders or what, but that aren't written by Hickman, they, some of them really feel like, oh, they, he, this person's trying so hard to be Hickman, but they don't really quite. They just can't pull it off. You just can't get in Hickman's mind. Yeah, 
he is yeah. he is like uh who would be the scientist in this book that you would consider hickman oppenheimer <laughs> <laughs> he's there's so many facets of hickman going on you can't comprehend what, he, what he's thinking yeah and i won't reveal all of this here but with these graphics of the 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 milky way and where all these alien races are and kind of how they're interrelation um oppenheimer's talking about all this and you see in his mental landscape that the alien he killed in eight is now in here too and is pointing out to whoever else is in there that how how uh robert who's really joseph is out there lying to everybody and then uh one of the one of the Oppenheimers in his head attacks the alien, shuts him up. That's like a very. <laughs> I'm surprised Hickman hasn't touched the Legion character in X Men right now because I feel like this oh, Oppenheimer is a yeah. very good reflection of what that character is. Yeah. Like inside personalities like fighting each other. It's like a mix of when I read it, it was like, okay, it's like Siler from Heroes and Legion from X Men because he consumes people and like like specific part of that. Well, he eats all of them, but like. Yeah, yeah. Siler goes first thing. What's that? You got all the meat. And then Legion, yeah, like he has all these new personalities that he takes into his into into him, and they all kind of have like their own agency, I guess, within him. But, I'd say it almost sounds yeah. like uh, what's a character, Crazy Jane. From Crazy Jane, yeah, like also Crazy Jane too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's it's definitely not the same as like alters and multiple personality. Um, or, these are actually different personalities. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, but they all look, but they're all Oppenheimer except for the alien. <laughs> and then the conversation they all have, not in his head, but what's really going on outside. Um, it's pretty interesting just seeing this the interrelations of because it turns out Fermi is like. You get the indication he's had some problems with like his loyalty being questioned for being an alien and the. the the general they've all got their agendas here um the fake einstein is realizing he should have killed Feynman because Feynman figures out something that kind of puts einstein in a bind and and that he didn't want to have happen yet and it's all it's all really interesting and then we find out the aliens were here because came here because they want einstein's gate um which we didn't know that before. Mm-hmm. And then some really crazy stuff happens. Just get real, like just <laughs> escalate real fast. Yeah, yeah. And the art, oh man, the art is really cool. I mean, Patera is awesome, and I really liked all this kind of battle here that happens. It's really gross and colorful and and horrible. And gooey. And very gooey. Gooey, gooey. <laughs> and... Uh, and we end on a great kind of just kind of cliffhanger with Oppenheimer, and he says his his famous line that the real one said in our world, um, except in our world he said it kind of re- with a, some kind of tinge of regret, realizing holy crap we just created something that could end the world. Mm-hmm. This is him, and, and this Oppenheimer is like he's very glad about becoming the destroyer of worlds, and he's got all these. <laughs> personalities already with him yeah and he's got a legion of personalities behind him he is often legion um legionheimer yeah most of them are you know look like him but maybe all of them look like him but it's like wow that's uh that's hundreds and hundreds of personalities heimers. i mean <laughs> hundreds of heimers I, I think uh 
I'm just exhausted with a one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actual personality disorder. I don't think they usually go above, you know, that many. Thirty or so. Yeah. At the, at the max. Well. So what questions do you still have? I mean, a lot of questions. Uh, oh boy. I mean, geez, my head can't even handle all that. Let me pull back that new scan. You know, no, you know, I'm just going to go past the question parts because I feel like recovering did a good amount. I don't know. Uh, for me, I just felt like I was, you it was overwhelmed. I felt overwhelmed. It was hard for me to get attached to any of these characters, real or not real. Mm-hmm not knowing that some of them were actually real. Like, I don't know, like the flashbacks didn't really connect with me that much for them because honestly, things just kept moving from one thing to the next. It's like, okay, so Groves has this like thing. It's just like a flashback to kind of give you, like you said, he, he sees, wants to be righteous. That's about, that's about it. Like you get like a quick thing that gives you something for each one, almost everybody, but nothing to really feel invest in the characters. Like, Feynman has all these quotes and all these things and like that's cool it sounds like you have some regret for some things you're smart you seem to be the one that might be the least you know cynical or have some stuff going on but uh, I don't know man like I don't know yeah I don't know how I feel about you I don't know how I feel about a lot of you I mean I like the I like the atomic school guy eat your atomic nummies and the most comic book like character (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) or a superhero uh medium comics no I I hear you because yeah I know I don't and I don't, I don't think. For, I mean, for me, I, I don't really connect on a personal level with any of the characters. For me, it's it's mainly it's like, oh, this is just a, a big high concept, bunch it, of high concepts, so high concept in a store and strung together in a storyline. And I guess it doesn't matter if you and, and I felt like you nothing, care about any of the characters or not. I felt like well, I think this whole run here was there was six issues of it. Uh, I don't even know. It was it six issues. <laughs> Uh, it was so uh, so, yeah. that, that's how uh, bombastic it is. You don't even know. I mean, count. like the page things was all over the place. Issue one through five. One through five. Uh, yeah. Because at the end, it's like a cliffhanger. But if you look back, I'm just like, everything moves so fast. Like, what was the plot of this first volume except setting up high concepts? I feel like you get, like, character introduction. You get character. You get, like, yeah you kind of get that character reduction at the back page. Like these are the characters <laughs> like this is this person. Yeah. You get a quick thing for each one, but in five issues, you don't really explore yeah. You get, yeah, you get kind of some of their agendas and some of the concepts. And then, then you have to go from there. That's how, that's how I took it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's, I think that's accurate. And that's, I think that's one of the things with the alternate history genres is yeah, it's usually it's not the characters are serving the you know serving the story in a way that okay alternate history it's all about okay what if this blah blah happened in mm-hmm. history and the characters are just kind of you know okay they're there to move the story along slightly but they're not really that important so yeah flesh them out okay a whole lot give you give you the the basic beats of each one and why they're doing their motivation. And there you go. That's it. I mean, I guess it gets me curious going forward because they kind of move past the historical moment. I mean, they still got like, you know, the Pacific to deal with, but there's like what, four volumes of this book out? I don't even know. I was going to ask you guys. Um, I thought there was four. I'm not sure. It's ongoing. I thought. 
Well, I know it's not. It's done now. It's done now. Yeah, okay. I think so. Unless I mean, it's 2001, right? When it came out. 2012. Oh, t- really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I misread the copyright date then. Yeah, and I don't know if it's something that maybe someday he'll return to after he's done with Marvel. I don't know. No, he he went from Manhattan Projects to Marvel Projects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was even a book called that, the Marvel Project. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Colton, what did you think? Um, I feel like it's almost like hard to even give like a rating to because it's just very different and i've read a lot of grant morrison so i guess i can't say it's like too different than anything i've read but it's so eccentric but it's also rooted in like these very important historical figures so i don't know i you go oh from like well the way you brought up grant morrison makes me think like comparing grant morrison and jonathan hickman oh like they're both concepts, but I feel like Grant Morrison's are just so out there in terms of like different dimensions and cosmic other things. Hickman's are more, I feel for the most part, slightly more grounded and where it's kind of just, remember like the scene from Doctor Strange where he kind of just keeps going through all these crazy dimensions mm-hmm. that's like Grant Mo- that's Grant Morrison Hickman has like a like a plan like his leads to a thing where Grant Morrison's kind of you don't know where you're going or how you're going to get there and you might end up like you know skipping spaces to get there Hickman's is he's going to take you to every compartment before he gets to what he wants you to get to like he's giving you the full tour where Grant Morrison's like, let's just run around and like <laughs> just check it all out and see what happens. Hickman just has like an organized like tour, like we're gonna go visit the first floor. You're gonna see Office A. You're gonna see B. But I'm gonna take you to second floor closet, and then I'm gonna take you back down to first floor. <laughs> then we're gonna go to third floor where there's a break room, and I'll explain to why we go to that break room when we get to the second floor mm. bathroom. Like there, there's. It's all up and down, and I mean, I don't have much experience with Hickman outside of now this, his X Men stuff, and then some of his Avengers stuff. But that's that's what I got from it. Is it's you're jumping around a lot to get to the specific thing. Mm-hmm. Where Grant Morrison's, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I can follow Hickman a little bit more than Grant Morrison after we did that Final Crisis one. Yeah. <laughs> Runaway train. <laughs> <laughs> Runaway train in space. Yeah. Hickman's is a atomic train. <laughs> I, I, I like those metaphors. I love that one of explaining Hickman like that with the rooms and the floors. That's, yeah. that's definitely how I felt. Like it's he's taking like, yeah, you. Every box will be checked, but not yeah, he's in yeah. a consecutive order. Like yeah. Grant Morrison's also kind of for me, it's like an interpretation of like when you're seeing these things. Like there's ways to interpret it. Hickman's is follow me. I'm going to show you these things, and then by the end of it, if you don't get it, like. Like go back, take yeah. the tour again, pay pay yeah, five. It's all, it's all right there. Pay five ninety nine and go back in there. Like I swear it makes sense. <laughs> and you know I was confused with Hawks Pox, and then it got to the end. I'm like, okay, yeah. got it. Like a little a little confusing, a little couple points. There's definitely you know wasn't really sure about that foyer that foyer moment mm. uh, with you know the future, but it's, it's fine. It's fine. Overall, it's an enjoyable tour. I liked it. You know kept coming back I'm still getting all the other other books yeah uh well i guess you know other than that uh what do you think of the art i know you said you liked it 
I, I like it. All. I like Nick Viterra. I'd actually forgotten that he did Manhattan Projects because mm-hmm. I forget what there was. He did some stuff for DC in the last few years that that I really liked. I like. I like. And I don't know if he does the coloring as Jordi Belair. No, the coloring, it's yeah, yeah Belair. Um, Patera. I like his stuff. It reminds me a little bit. It's kind of like uh, Frank Quitely, but that's what I was getting but, from it. But different enough that I'm not. I'm not thinking. Oh, quietly knockoff. But something about especially people's heads. Everything was kind of like <laughs> wavy. It was like distorted slightly. Yeah. It's like a funhouse kind of mirror art style. Yeah, and I like that especially for this kind of story with this this weird sci-fi, you know, alternate history sci-fi. I think it fits well, especially with the aliens and everything. Mm-hmm. What about you, Colton? Um, I like the coloring a lot in it. And this isn't like, as somebody who can't even draw stick figures properly... Because I did, I actually really did like the the art, but I feel like the art was like dirty and nasty, but it was That's a dirty, cool. nasty book. So I felt like it fit it well. <laughs> hey, I was thinking dirty, nasty too. Honestly, I was trying to come up with words when I was thinking about it today. I'm like, it's just grimy, gritty looking, very image comic art style, which isn't bad. Uh, science, bad. Uh, but art, okay for me. Coloring, I really like the colors Belair did. It is really, really pretty, especially on the scenes where they he does like just blues and reds yeah. to emphasize everything. Yeah, like really, it pops. Done. Yeah, like, if the whole book was like that, I would would love would have loved it even more. But yeah, the art wasn't like it was good for this. I couldn't see it in any other art style, but it just definitely wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't it wasn't my atomic bomb. <laughs> Uh, I wish I could remember what, because I'm picturing Patera's like Damian Wayne, Robin. He he did some Batman thing. For a while. I can't remember what it was. That's a, that's the other thing I liked about this: the fact that science is only. I mean, it's funny, and you know, I like science, but in this, science is bad. It's only done used for bad stuff, horrible mm-hmm. things. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a thing, and that's well, pretty entertaining. Uh, yeah, you can do a lot of horrible stuff with science. I guess, yeah. I, there was one question I had. Did we assume that after the Japanese robots attacked, they said that some of them got past them and into the room where Einstein was? Do we assume that Einstein must have taken them out, even though he's just sitting there looking like he didn't phase, wasn't even oh. phased by it? Because they said that they got past him, and then you just see them already all destroyed. So I was curious hmm. of what that might have been about. Yeah, I hadn't noticed. I, I don't know. I mean, he must have because he's okay until he makes Albrecht, or maybe that happened, that happened in the flashback. Albrecht is a good fighter. Albert wasn't. He's yeah. all right, Einstein. Yeah, he uh, must be because he survived in whatever that horrible place was. Place was. <laughs> yeah, I, wonder if, I wonder if they'll explore Albert's side. Yeah, I'm definitely going to read on future volumes. I'm going to have to let me know about it because yeah. I think this might be where I get off. <laughs> what was but, what would you give it? Would I give it? Oh, man. See, it's 2020, and 2020, all about honesty here. <laughs> I'm going to give it a six for me. Yeah. Not that I don't like Hickman's writing. Uh, like I said, I really appreciated the art. I, I have gotten to experience more of his style of storytelling, and it's not bad. Uh, just, I don't know, wasn't wasn't really that hooked by it. There's definitely a few moments. Like the Oppenheimer stuff was the – Oppenheimer and the Einstein stuff are, I guess, the most interesting, but – wasn't really enough in this first five issues to grab me. 
just because yeah. I just didn't feel like invested to them that m- invested in what was going on that much to want to keep going. But I I mean, it sounds like lots of other people really like it and it's like totally. I mean, I could see parts of why just not for me, not yeah. for me. That's 2020 Honest Trevor. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll, I'll go next. Yeah, go. Uh, this one is really hard because, like, in some ways I view it as being highly brilliant as, like, both somebody who is a history nerd and also somebody who loves, like, the narrative behind, like, historical scientific figures because of, like, the level of impact they have on our day-to-day lives. So it's really hard because, like, part of me wants to, like, you know, give it like an 8.5 or something like that but then also there are certain parts where it's like oh that was weird so i feel like i'm just gonna do like a clean 7.5 because i think that it was really masterful it's just it's just weird it's just really weird (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's really good i think what might have kept me more interested as somebody who uh does like the more historical uh side of things is if they kept the story instead of going towards like the alien route they would have routed it more towards like events post world war ii mm-hmm. into like the cold war and like maybe like a russian equivalent to what's going on uh, where you can still have that like wonky alternative history but you can have it like more paralleling our actual history that's where i was thinking it was going to go was it was going to follow that timeline of after the war and then it was just going to kind of branch off from our current time and just kind of react to what would come next kind of mm-hmm. thing and not aliens wasn't expecting aliens yeah <laughs> Roman, what about um, you this this was i mean the one that you put up there yeah yeah i've been curious about this for a while uh i'll give it an eight eight I, yeah i really i i really like the art and yeah i, I like you i wish maybe they hadn't gone if aliens were involved, I wish they hadn't become like apparently the main thrust of the story. But I love the art. I like these. I like these goofy high concepts, which at least so far Hickman doesn't get into too deeply. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like like popcorn high concept sci-fi yeah. alternate history. <laughs> I like that. I like that analogy. Yeah, that's and that's fun. At least so far, we'll see what happens in the next volume. Well, shoot. It was a good time together. I love doing this. Uh, so we should probably talk about what we've got next to read. Uh, I guess that was me who gets to go next. Yeah. And, you know, man, all new dupe could just really, I, I really steal that. the show. But we're going to actually go with something else. He's building us up for all new dupe. By the time we finally dupe, do get to all it, I'm going to be like, yeah, dangling dupe. like in front of our faces. So that's the booger one, right? That's the booger one. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah Dupe looks like one of these Patera exploded aliens. <laughs> he just came out of this. Yeah. Straight, into... yeah. straight into your nostrils. Yeah, maybe he'll bring Patera in just to draw Dupe and like Dawn of X. I would yeah, love that. Should, yeah. Okay, so I was thinking X-Men. God loves. Man kills. Man kills. I think this would be really great because it's a little something for me with X-Men. It's a little something for all of us with lots of, you know, very strong messages that can be reflected today in our current climate, Colton. So I think you'll enjoy this one a lot. So Chris Claremont, I think, writing it? Claremont, yeah. 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 So 
for everybody listening, I hope you look forward to X-Men God Loves Man Kills next month when we do that one. If you have any questions regarding uh, – I guess not even questions. You can ask us questions. Ask us anything, questions, really. Questions, comments. Questions, comments, concerns. Uh, did I have anything in my teeth this episode? Let me know. Let us know at infinitycontentcomics at gmail.com. That's infinitycontentcomics at gmail.com. Uh, we've covered our next book. We've covered our plug for the email. Once again, this has been Infinity Content Podcast, a Comics Place podcast, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. <laughs>